MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Now you can feel like you're in the audience at the Ed Sullivan Theater with official Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise at ParamountShop.com. Shop t-shirts, mugs, accessories, and more, and Late Show Poncho listeners can take 20% off with code TLS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show products with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. It's the Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Have a seat, everybody. Thanks so much. I, uh, I, in just a minute, uh, we got uh, a gentleman we've had on the show several times before. He's uh, always an interesting conversation. A representative Adam Kanzinger is going to be That's here. That's right. Formerly of Congress, formerly of the January 6th panel. He's a guy who does not, uh, he does not pull his punches when he was in office. Yeah. I look forward uh, to hearing what he has to say now that he doesn't have to be reelected. That should be... Um, Actually, uh, yeah. Bracing is how I would describe that conversation. <laughs> Folks, earlier in the monologue, I was talking about the latest allegations regarding New York Congressman George Santos. But, of course, today's revelations are just added to the long list of lies Santos appears to have told about himself, which, in case you forgot, include claiming he attended Baruch College and NYU, graduated summa cum laude, worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, had Ukrainian Jewish grandparents who fled to Brazil to escape the Holocaust, had a mother who died in 9-11, employees who died in the Pulse nightclub shooting, was one of the first people to get COVID, owned an animal rescue charity, attended a prestigious prep school, was a volleyball star... Made $750,000 salary, was mugged on his way to pay rent, had a career selling yachts, a million-dollar apartment, 13 real estate properties, and new revelations are coming every day. So the whole country is wondering, what is the truth about George Santos? Well, here to tell us the truth about George Santos, please welcome Congressman George Santos. Congressman. (laughs) Congressman. Congressman, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Stephen. It's an honor to be back on your show. This is actually your first time here. (laughs) Not according to my IMDb. It says, uh, I've been a guest five times, and I was also your band leader, John Batiste. (laughs) Not only is that not true, that's not how you pronounce his name. In fact, you're facing damning accusations that you fabricated almost all of your backstory. But here's an opportunity. Right now, on national television, tell the truth, clear things up. (laughs) What's to clarify? Everything I've said has been the truth. Or my name isn't George Anthony Devalder Santos, Kitara, Sobraski, John Jacob, Jinkoheimer, Celino, and Barnes. (laughs) Is, Is any of that your real name? I don't know, probably. Okay, let's, let's get to some of those allegations. Earlier today, you denied claims that you used to perform as a drag queen. Absolutely, Stephen. This drag story is just another media uh, distraction that is simply not gonna work. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Next question, please. Well, what, what about your claim to have attended both NYU and Baruch College, even though there was no record that you went to either? <laughs> no record? Okay. And how do you explain this? Hmm? See, that's legally, that's a diploma. No, that's not. 
Okay. That's just a shirt, and you obviously made that. Okay, I did not. Although I could have, I double majored in t-shirt design and professional volleyball. <laughs> okay, so, oh, so, let me, so you're sticking to your story that you played volleyball at a school you never went to. <laughs> of course. I'm a volleyball star. A star! I'm a star! In fact, I'm in the middle of a big match right now. <clears throat> See? Touchdown! <laughs> Another win for Hogwarts. Look. Just, just, just tell me the truth. What, what, what about the Friends of Pets United, that animal Ooh. charity you claimed to run and collected money for, even though the IRS has no record of it? <laughs> so what? The IRS doesn't know everything. Does the IRS know the weight of a wish? <laughs> or the song that hope sings? By the way, uh, those are names of my other charities, so please donate below. Jimmy, no, Jimmy, take that down. Don't, right take it Don't down, Jimmy. Hit. Don't send your money there. You, you, Santos, you, you've been accused of some really atrocious things. You claimed your mother died in the September 11th attacks. Then you said she died a few years later. And then you said she died in 2016. What really happened? <sighs> Stephen, how could you bring that up at a time like this? Can't you see I'm at my mother's funeral right now? Do you know how hard it is to lose someone when they've already died three times before? I'm, I'm sorry for your losses, but Representative Santos, after all this deception, do you really expect Republicans to keep you in Congress? <laughs> of course, Stephen. They can't get rid of me. I'm the Speaker of the House. That... No, no. No, you're not. No, don't applaud him. No, that's Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> then, where did I get this gavel? You obviously bought that. It still has the price tag. I'm gonna have to fact-check you right there, Steve. I did not buy it. I stole it. Everything you have said tonight has been a lie. Unless you're willing to actually tell the truth, this interview is over. Okay, Jimmy, why don't okay. we just... Okay, okay, wait, wait. Okay, fine. All right? No more lies. I'm ready to come clean. Go ahead. All right. The truth is, my entire campaign was secretly funded by... What? My telephone? Hello? Oh, Anna Winter? You want me back at the Met Gala? And this year's theme is drag, something that I have definitely never, ever done before. Oh, oh, I gotta go, Steve. I'm so sorry. Representative George Santos, everybody. Uh, and thank you to Harvey Guillen. We'll be right back with the real Congressman Adam Kinzinger. That's me. That's me. No, it's not. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never 
going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you very much. Please have a seat, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, my guest tonight served six terms in Congress, is now a senior political commentator for CNN. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Congressman Adam Kinzinger. Welcome back. Thank you. Welcome back. I'm free. Out of uh, there. Well, that that leads to my first question. You're out of Congress for the first time in... 12 years? 12 years. Is it? Well, what's what's it like uh, on the outside? Now? It's actually really great. I mean, you know, yeah. I... If you'd known it would be this good, you would have quit <laughs> I probably sooner. would have left a lot earlier. Uh-huh. But, no, I mean, it's it's you miss parts of it, you know? There's, there's sometimes in the fight you wish you could be there to kind of have your say on some of this stuff. But when I watch that speaker fight happen and some of those things... I mean, sitting through one speaker vote mm-hmm. is miserable. Sitting through 15 is insanity, and I'm so glad I wasn't there for that. Yes, but... (laughs) Okay, maybe not be there. Uh, But was it gratifying at all to watch Kevin McCarthy squirm for those 15 (laughs) votes? To have to kowtow to guys like Gates? Yeah, To actually go hat in hand to a man like Matt Gates? Mm. Wasn't that pleasant? It was a little gratifying. Uh, you know, the, the tough thing is you know how bad that is for the country, right? Because you're, you're making commitments to people that I frankly don't think have this country's heart in, in their mind. It's all about their own fame. It's about their attention. But I got to tell you, you know, the day Kevin McCarthy went to Mar-a-Lago, a couple weeks after January 6th, he changed the trajectory of the party, I think. And I After think- having said right after January 6th that yep. the president bears some responsibility for what happened. Yeah, and then he forgot that. And so watching him have to, have to you know, struggle a little bit, yeah, I'd say there was a little part of me that kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. And, and you have never been that soft-spoken. You speak your mind. You're pretty frank. But you recently, I think this was just last week, um, you said this on a, a podcast. Um, you had some choice words about uh, the new speaker, Jim. Kevin's a piece of And let's just be honest about this, because he will say whatever he needs to say to stay in power. I'm not even saying that gratuitously to be mean to him. It's just a fact. I didn't know the mic was on. <laughs> just to be clear, you said that after you left office, I know. right? Yeah, I, I did. Okay. I did. How many members of the Republican caucus called you up and went, oh, thank you for saying that? <laughs> I think they're all scared. I'm probably going to dime them out if they do. But, yeah, I still get people that call me, and they're like, you know, we wish we could get through this. You know, I was getting a lot of information during the speaker's vote because I know what... I know the dynamics that were at play there, and it's just, it's miserable. So and what's the deal now that is, is that any one person in the House can call for essentially like a snap vote and say uh, he has to run for speaker again? Yeah, so they basically they can call this, it's like a no confidence, the motion to vacate the yep. chair. You have to go through all of that. Anybody in the House can do it now. And this Republican was held, or Democrat. Republican or Democrat. And this was held as like 
kind of a sword of Damocles over prior speakers' heads. So, you know, Boehner, for instance, wanted to cut a deal with the Democrats on debt. They would hold this over his head, you know, Paul Ryan. And so they changed the threshold so that it couldn't be used as a weapon. Now it's going to be weaponized again. And as we get to the debt limit, you know, we approach it today, but we have some time with these measures taking place. They're going to say, these 20 people or whatever are going to say, Kevin, if you cut a deal with the Democrats, if we don't pass the debt limit, you know, uh, we're going to vacate the chair. That's a scary thing because we have never as a country, never breached the debt limit. We came as close as we could basically in 2011 when I was there, and it had real effects on the economy. Technically speaking here, if Kevin McCarthy actually uh, grew a pair and said, hey, we have to investigate George Santos... Could Santos call for a snap election? Yeah, yeah, he could. He could. Oh, wow. <laughs> in his in his recounting, he probably already has a couple of times. Yes. Now, <laughs> that's the gun. That's the gun. You're you're petitioning for Santos to resign. You're you you've, you've organized a petition online for that to happen. Um, t- tell me why you're doing that. So he made some comment about you know look if. 170,000 people voted for him to put him in office or something. He goes, if 170,000 people want me out, I'll leave. So we want to get 170,000 people. I don't think he specified where they had to be from. Is that an aberration or is that an extension of um, normalizing the amount of lies that the former president told? I, and and yeah. people like Marjorie Taylor Greene or, or, or Boebert or Gosar. We're in a dangerous place. So obviously, he in and of himself and completely lying about everything with no mooring to anything true whatsoever is an aberration. But the problem is people are defending him. Not just because there's only a five-seat majority, but because now politics is all about just owning the other side. If you can say something mean about the other side, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how you lie. And that is a problem when you become unmoored to truth, when you lie about an election being stolen, when you lie about different things, truth all of a sudden is really easy to get away from. It's really easy to make stuff up. And so I think he probably wouldn't be there without the lies that had preceded this moment. We have to take a quick break, but stick around. We'll be right back with more Congressman Adam Kingsinger, everybody. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. from the January 6th committee is Congressman Adam Kinzinger. Now, one of, one of the things that uh, a small but powerful group of the Republicans want, and Kevin McCarthy says he's going to do, is uh, an investigation of uh, the January 6th committee. So that's, in, in some ways, an investigation of you. You're one of the prominent members of the January 6th committee, and thank you for the work that y'all did. Oh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it restored my faith in... And the idea of a congressional committee, yeah. you know, being useful. Um, if, if they subpoenaed you and they asked you to show up, would you do it? Well, I, I want to see what that looks like, but I believe in the power of Congress to subpoena. Uh, even though all of the Republican congressmen ignored our subpoena, 
Uh, I believe in the power of Congress for oversight. And then, you know, they'll have to own that. But look, I'm happy. I am proud of the work the committee did. I'm happy to put that out. We put all of it out for the American people to see. And if you want to investigate what investigating truth looks like and what it looks like to actually tell the truth and recover from a bad moment in democracy, I walk in that because we have a great story we can tell again, which is there were a lot of men and women that held the line on January 6th, and there was a lot of rot and lies that led to that day. Democracies aren't defined by bad days. They're defined by how we come back from those bad days. Well, so forgive me. So forgive me if I if I miss the nut of your answer. They subpoena you. Do show up? Yeah, I, I, there's always nuances. Like I want it to be a legal subpoena. Well, you I wanted the, you subpoenaed them. You subpoenaed Kevin McCarthy and, they didn't and, bother to and, show and up. Meadows, right? Yep, yep. Okay, but if they gave you the same kind of subpoena, and I don't. What's the difference between a legal and a non-legal subpoena? I don't know. It? I don't know. One's legal. Um, I, I don't know the difference, but I know this. I have nothing to hide, right? Okay. They did, obviously. Now might be a good time to find out if you have any classified documents in your home. <laughs> yeah, have you thought about just, just, you probably don't, but I've, Do checked, my, I've checked my garage <laughs> just to make sure. That's really that good. There's nothing, that there's nothing there. Now, uh, last month, the January 6th committee held their final hearing. Mm -hmm. And um, what is the one piece of that report that you think everybody should take away from? Because we learned so much over the course of those, yeah. those six months. And again, we're very grateful for restoring faith in a congressional committee that isn't just a, a circus. But we learned so much. If you could clear everything away and just leave us with one thing, what would it be? Yeah, I think if I, if I could leave with one thing on that, it's less about the day of January 6th. It's the fact that there were decisions made prior in the Oval Office, in the political circles, everywhere, that led to a moment when half of the country, in essence, was convinced that an election was stolen. And by the way, democracies, self-governance cannot survive if you convince people that their election, their vote doesn't count because they're going to feel unrepresented. This country was founded on the idea of being represented. So the one thing I would leave people with is this is not a moment in history. This is a systemic issue that we as a country have to take hold of, tell the truth, fight by the rules, and then we can self-govern for the rest of the existence we have here in America. Nope. Okay. What was that last meeting like? Did you guys go out for drinks? Like, what is, like... It was like, job well done. You and Liz Cheney are out of there. Yeah. And, and, and the Democrats are all waiting for their subpoenas, too. But you did your job in an exemplary way. Did, did you guys... I mean, I know it's a dark it subject, a but did, did, you, did you celebrate in any way? It was a unique moment because we go into the ante room, which is the room we come out of, you know, as the hearings start and we, and we retreat to. And we're all just kind of standing around and usually we kind of go our own ways. And it was, the, the group wasn't breaking up. And I think there was kind of this feeling of like, this is it, right? This is, for me, it was my last act as a member of Congress, right? For about half of the people in this committee. Um, so it was, it was, it was unique. We, we said some really interesting words to each other about the history of this, which we, of course, meant. And uh, then we went our separate ways, and I had a flat tire, and I had to air that up and drive home. You literally had a flat tire? I literally tire had a flat tire, home. yeah. That yeah. A metaphor That's a way to right go there. out with... Uh, yeah, exactly. Now, you all yeah. recommended four charges, uh, referred four charges uh, uh, to the Justice Department uh, of, the, of the former president, historic, as, as you said. Um, what are... Sure. you have odds? Would you give me odds on whether the Justice Department actually brings those charges? I think it's pretty... I mean, I think there's pretty pretty good odds. I think... I mean, I Two think... Two to one, 
Uh, I don't even, know how to do money, odds so well. Even money. Let's call it even money. Even I think money, even okay. money. Because I think, look, nobody is above the law in the United States of America. That includes the pre- that's especially the president of the United States. And I think there is no doubt, particularly when he's sitting in the Oval Office telling uh, the Attorney General, the acting just say the election was was stolen. Just say it. And then leave the rest to me and the Republican congressman. That is an insight into what he intended to do. So this is a tough thing for the Justice Department to prove because you have to prove intent. That right there to me is a very, a very compelling intent among many other things that we have. We got to take a break here. But when I come back, I will ask the congressman if there is still a meaningful place for him in the Republican Party. Stick around. <laughs> Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... Amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time, Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Brave the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, we're back here with former Congressman, January 6th committee member, Adam Kinzinger. The Republicans are now in control of uh, the House, and obviously the Democrats are in control in the Senate, and nothing's necessarily going to go through. That's, that's too drastic, but there are, there are a few things on the Republican agenda. And do I have it right here? No, I don't, where do I have it? Well, I'll remember it. There are two things that occurred to me that are, that, that are on their agenda. I'm curious whether you think these things are uh, the kind of moderate things that you would have voted for um, or whether these are extreme. They, they voted uh, this week. Uh, they want to eliminate the IRS. Now, Republicans famously like to cut taxes. Yeah. Would you be in favor of, of completely eliminating the no, IRS? No, no, no. I voted, in fact, I vote, every year that would come up as some weird vote, and I vote against it. You can't eliminate the IRS. you got to collect taxes. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they want to collect taxes, but they want to make instead a, a 30% sales tax, a right? national sales tax yeah. across the United States, which, of course, would be a fairly regressive tax since it would hit the poorest people the it most. It has, and we go down this road every time there's, like, a new majority or new group comes in, and they somehow think this is a magic bullet. Uh, look, if we could reinvent the tax system, there's ways to do it, but it's not going to be a 30% sales tax. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, What's are, you, are you meaningfully Republican anymore? I know that you, they, they kicked you and Liz Cheney out of the caucus when you joined the January 6th committee. Mm-hmm. Are you, is there a meaningfully a party for you there? You know, it's, it's, that's a question I ask myself all the time. Um, as Reagan famously said, he, he always said, I, let, I didn't leave the Democratic Party, they left me. I feel that way about the Republican Party. I, I still hold the values I hold, you know. 
with time, you mature a little bit, you have different views, but I haven't totally sold out who I ever was just for power. I feel like I'm maintaining that. I don't know what my party believes anymore. I honestly don't. I mean, I don't hear them talk about smaller government. I don't hear them talk about a strong national defense. I hear some of them supporting Vladimir Putin over the freedom-loving people of Ukraine, and it's not a party I recognize. I'll still fight for the soul of it, but I do feel a little politically homeless at the moment. How how do you like CNN? You enjoy working over there? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It is good, folks. Could you talk to Don Lemon about what he wore this morning (laughs) on that show? I was on it. (laughs) It was... Were you shocked? You were on the show this morning. Were you shocked at what he was wearing? Was there any explanation? I thought there was some reason for it, but I guess not. (laughs) I was like, you're doing a running segment later or what? He was talking a lot about intermittent fasting, too. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just talked about Santos. That's more fun. Yeah. Well, Congressman, thank you so much for being here. Nice to see you again. Congressman Adam Kinzinger, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.